Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today are both Mike Lyon and Jen Barkin. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) They're excited. excited. We're excited. That's an inside joke. We're always excited whenever Jen's involved. (laughs) They're here to share their perspective on how marketing and online sales can work hand in hand, particularly on this episode when it comes to live chat. But Ooh. because we know that no one listening cares about live chat, we're going to start with story time as always. And we'll get to live chat a little bit later. Uh, Jen, do you mind kicking us off? Yeah, absolutely. So I am pr- currently in the process of getting quotes to get my house painted. Paint's chipping off. It's crazy. So we're really, you know, looking for somebody to do this. And of course, I'm thinking about online sales as I'm doing this because, you know, of course, I hit the interwebs first, right? Searching Mm -hmm. for who am I going to find to do this? The initial search result prompted a BDX-like response where I had tons of like third-party contractors contact me, right? That was really interesting. But then I came upon three different people that came out to give me estimates and take a look at what we had done. And what I thought was really interesting was I had one particular professional who really made me feel extra special. He went above and beyond. He has been following up with me, sending me text messages. And what I thought was really interesting was one of the first things he said in his text message was, Wanted to give you an update. First of all, you're in great hands. And I thought, yeah, I was like, whoa, okay, he's got my attention. And then he went on to say, this is what we're going to do. He set expectations. We're going to have this person come out, electrician come out, look at this. We're going to have this person do this, this person do this. Now, we have not talked about pricing. He hasn't asked me my budget. I haven't asked him my budget. I'm assuming this is going to be expensive, right? (laughs) <laughs> and that's because you're already having a better experience. You're equating. right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Well, I think about this as far as online sales. And I think our buyers are fearful, right? I mean, I'm just looking at having my house painted. They're looking at buying <laughs> a new home. And so I'm already thinking this is going to be expensive. We haven't even gotten to pricing yet. But when the pricing comes back, I am probably, I'm 98% sure that I'm going to go with this guy who has made me feel so extra special, who has taken the time to really communicate with me, made me feel like I'm important Mm -hmm. by just adding a little bit of extra fluff in his updates. I I got good news for you, Jen. This won't air (laughs) for about a week. So he can't gouge you because he knows you're going to use him. Yeah, no, you should, you should give him a shout out and then, you know, send him this podcast and be like, Hey man, I need a little bit of a discount. I'm, I'm shouting you yeah. out to the world. Hey, yeah. you know, you know, Jen, what kind of house doesn't need new paint job? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to get some, I don't know. I'm going to get some, a, a new, heat, right. A, a new home doesn't need a paint job. Believe me. I, I am really I'm really contemplating moving after this whole did, process. Did I just me. hear sound effects? Was oh, that? Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. When oh, Tice no. is away, I get to I get my sound effects. Okay, back. that's good. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, but you know I was thinking about this with you know online sales specialist. How truly important 
the front end experience is, what an impact that they are making with these buyers. Yeah, I always go back and think about you playing, um, I think it was a a voicemail that someone had left Ingrid when she was an online Mm -hmm. salesperson. Who and and I the gist of it was basically we haven't talked. You've been following up with me for months, but I just want to let you know, based upon your customer service, we're going to buy from you. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, better than that. That goes back. That's old school, Nikki Joy. I remember this hearing it twelve years ago when she said, "Follow up is your first customer service test." You know, if you can, mm-hmm. if you can show them what it's like to do business with you, you instantly get the upper upper hand against the competition for sure. You know, because like, especially with, you know, somebody like contractors and, you know, who's going to be building my house, there's a trust factor there, right? Right. You want to feel like you can trust this person that they're going to be honest, they're going to be fair, they're going to give you the best price. And so through his correspondence and the way that he's treated me so far, you know, the fear factor is lowering Mm -hmm. with each interaction. And so it's been kind of, it's been pretty cool to, to experience so far. Stay tuned. Stay tuned uh, for, <laughs> if you get it or not. Yeah, exactly. hopefully your, your house painting experience goes a little bit better than mine. I'm not trying to jinx you. It, yeah. It's just, why, why does it have to be so hard? You just pick a color. It, it should be the same color yeah. on all four sides, right? Right. Like, yeah. different yes. ones. <laughs> they should put that in the quote. Same color well, all around the house. Well, what's, what's happened is that now, you know, they're uncovering other things. Oh, hence, uh, hence, you know, the whole new home. That's the charm uh, of an old home, right? <laughs> I'd still, I won't for my entire life, even before I got in this business, it's like, what do you mean by charm? That old stuff, like the stuff that's chipping and falling apart? <laughs> well, you guys will get a kick out of this. I heard something banging on the side of my house the other day. I was oh, like, no. what in the world is that? And... I go out there and there is a woodpecker that has, <laughs> Named that Woody. has a little Woody has actually created a hole in the side of my house. Yeah. He's got to put a nut there. It's your house's fault. About the size of a golf ball. And he's going in and taking little pieces <laughs> oh. of insulation out of the house he's, and making yeah. his nest with it. So <laughs> that's, that's the kind of things that I'm talking about. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, all these guys, uh, whether it, guys and gals, whether it's lawn services, painting services, even I was blown away by an experience I had with a concrete lifting service. Our, our front walk, because the genius who built the house before we moved in decided to put his own irrigation system, and so there's sinkholes all over the place causing issues. But I mean, they followed up with me three times in 72 hours. When they did get a hold of me, I said yes. They came out, they did it. They had an electronic receipt, you know, just, mm-hmm. it's amazing how they're using technology combined with the right humans doing the right, the right things to, to make a much better yeah. experience. My story time is based on an email question that I got today about options for floor plans and how to show that on pieces of paper the best way possible. And I really had to back up and start a little bit further up the food chain on this one and say, first of all, why does each floor plan exist? So oftentimes you have the same types of options on multiple floor plans. There's always a two-foot extension here or there, or bump out this room, make this room bigger, add a different kitchen layout. A lot of times options are similar in each one. And so if you have, in this case, she had looked like about 30 different options to structural options to the floor plan that could be chosen to be shown on the floor plan. It was 
having to step back and say, let's let's remember why each one of these floor plans exists, which buyer profile or or buyer need is it designed to solve, and then grow the options that you're choosing to show because you can't show them all. Show the best ones that fit on the page. Maybe pull a salesperson from the front line who has a lot of experience or a sales manager, get their feedback. But you can't show it all on the piece of paper was the first point. So how do you think through that is you really have to understand why each house exists. And then that also got me down this mental rabbit trail of thinking, going through this process should also help online salespeople and salespeople. Everyone should know why each home exists. And so Mm -hmm. when someone's saying, I'm stuck between this floor plan and this floor plan, there should be one, two, three, or four different questions that you could ask that would naturally say, well, this is the one for you. This Mm -hmm. is, again, this idea of a curated experience is we don't have to have a floor plan meets everyone's needs. We have to have a floor plan that meets Mike's needs and Mm -hmm. Jen's needs specifically. And and how much more clear that, that story could be told by an online salesperson going through that situation. Back to the floor plans. I think the other upgrade obviously is using uh, a virtual plan online that you can you know, have all the options shown with an unlimited number of checkboxes. Although there's still an art case to be made, you should curate that uh, to a point so it's not overwhelming. But you can obviously show an infinite number of options online. So if you do still have printed pieces of paper that you're, once you do all the hard work of figuring out the answers to the questions I already tasked you with, the final piece is on that brochure, you should always say, this is a representation of the options available for the full list of, of options to this home design, go to and, and put, the, put the URL in there. It's a great way to push people back to the site where hopefully they're going anyway, because uh, it's mm-hmm. always going to have the most current information. But then it also gives you another opportunity to get a, a human involved to answer their questions and help them through the process. All right, moving on to the news. We got two quick hits and then uh, two good articles that, for a little bit of discussion. Then we'll then we'll hop back to chat because I know as soon as I said that, <laughs> I, I, my my favorite quote, my favorite closing technique is the takeaway close. So I, I love to use it. I know everyone's like, just get to the chat. Let's talk about chat. The first one is that Professional Builder Magazine or Pro Builder Magazine is uh, running their 2020 Housing Giants Survey. We'll have the link in the show notes. Go ahead if you are able to. Put in your company information in there. That's the only way you're going to get on the survey to show the results. Some, every once in a while, we'll work with a smaller builder and they're like, well, hot dang, I would have been number 158 on that list, but you didn't fill out the survey. So you're not on there. No bragging rights for you. <laughs> so definitely go ahead and get that done. Once those results come out too, we'll, we'll be having them on the podcast to talk about what they're seeing in terms of trends, people moving up and down on that list. The second is Google's changing stuff. This is an article from Search Engine Land. What? Google's changing (laughs) stuff? The headline is unconfirmed Google search ranking update feels big. And basically what they're saying, this article is dated February 11th, is that Google seems to be testing things. There's there's lots of wild swings in, in keyword volume to different sites, almost changing by the hour, not just by the day or by the week. So the, the moral of the story, Google's going to change stuff all the time, except for, I don't have a sound effect really to go, is, and they're going to always focus on getting the customer the best experience, the, fe- the best answers to the questions and the pain that they're trying to solve when they type in those black letters into the search box. And that brings us to the real topic to discuss, which is another article from searchengineland.com 
titled Analyzing Search Results Reveals a Lot About Google's View of Useful Content. Not content generally, content that's useful, which is, again, what they're going to prioritize so that we keep going back to the google.com for everything we need. <laughs> and really, again, like always, this is a great article to pull a lot of pieces out. But it harkens back to something that Andrew Garberson talked about at the online summit, gosh, three years ago, I think, when he was on the podcast, is that just because I'm doing a search, there's really only a couple different intentions, generally speaking, that someone's going to have. And so they break it down the article as an informational. I want to know more. I added to that. So they said there's three major types of searches. I'm adding a fourth. It's still informational, but I'm saying inspirational too, because you might not even know, like, you know, you want something, but you can't even define what it is. You can't say, tell me more information about this thing because you can't define it. Like maybe you just saw it, someone else wearing it, or you've heard that such a solution exists to a problem you have. So you're kind of doing more inspirational based searches that are informational as well. Hmm. Navigational. How do I get to the model home in this community? Uh, where is X? And then transactional, or what I would say is shopping behavior. <laughs> I, I want to buy something. I have true intent not to just gather facts and data, but to sift through and make a purchase. And that's really when we talk about content marketing, which we've been talking about a lot for five, six years, <laughs> forever. We really have to be focusing on which one of those search search types or four search types do we want that content to come up with when it's when it's done organically? Yeah, that's I, you know I think it's interesting just to look at the shift where before it was just get your stuff found and to the top, but they didn't mm -hmm. really a lot of people didn't pay attention to what happened after they made it there. They're mm -hmm. like, all right, we're at the top, we win, we, we got yeah. there, we stuffed that keyword on the page fifteen <laughs> times. Exactly, it was as I mean that's going back fifteen years or so, but it was like, uh, wow, this is super easy, but that's when you didn't have a gazillion websites to pick from. So changing it up to where the customer lands somewhere and actually gets to do something with the information, that's huge. You know, that's you got to pay attention to all of those. Yeah. And one of the other articles that I, I don't have the link for that I saw yesterday when I was doing my reading time was that they found that the word is, hmm. I-S, is one of the most important words to add to a site that you're trying to get to rank high, potentially because of the certainty to that in terms of how useful is this content, you're not saying, well, it's kind of like this. It's, this is where we think this came from. It's like, nope, this is, and then, you know, X is, is this. And that certainty is a ranking signal that Google may have used historically to say, hmm. this is more like they, they showed many, many examples of pages where it was ranked maybe on page two or the bottom of page one. And they just added the word is, and it, it shot up the charts. But at the end of the day, we're not trying to reverse engineer the algorithm is what the main point of this article, I think, is, is we're trying to figure out, you know, when you think about a, um, let's say you make a piece of content about a new community, a coming soon community, is that for an informational, inspirational search, a navigational search, or a transactional search? And then when you're doing that, you can adjust the copy on the page or the headline, the page title, meta description to lean more towards one of those just to let Google know and the consumer know if this is what you're trying to search this for, this is the page for you to come to. And now just as a little, a little palate cleanser and maybe appetizer to the chat topic to come after the break. Mike, you found an, an article here from superoffice.com. Super. <laughs> I've gone once uh, in my life too, but the headline here is new research. We always like the word new. 21% uh -huh. uh, of companies 
fail to respond to live chat requests. Tell me more about it. You know, I thought it was interesting polling when when you look at data for chat. First of all, the hard thing to find is information that differentiates between retail shopping versus customer support. So first yeah. of all, you know, any any day that you look at, they're gonna this one's lumping it all together. So you want to preface it by saying most of what you hear from people talking about this, preaching it, giving best practices, it's customer service support. Exactly. But still, the fact that 21% of live chat support requests are not answered, that was pretty mind-blowing. It's like, okay, why do we have it on if we're not going to answer it? But we see some of those same things when we <laughs> go out and shop and uh, test out even builder websites. A couple other key points that came out of it, the average wait time for live chat was two minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, I mean, man. And that- if you sat there for two minutes and 40 seconds in internet time, yeah, moving on. I mean, you're done. I mean, I yeah. would, I would have, I don't know what I would have done. Made a you'd sweat. be watching YouTube pick, on your second monitor. You would have, you would have picked up the phone and called. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Anytime I do customer service, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be fun. Let's race. I'll call at the same time I'm calling. I'm going to chat. Whoever gets right. it first, that's who, that's who's handling this stuff. So, fifty-five uh, percent of companies don't offer transcripts once the chat has ended. So, if they've talked about something, they're not really following up with that. That's 20. really interesting too. That seems like a very easy way to get some contact information that yeah. maybe you didn't at the beginning, like almost just an if then. If you already got the email, just automatically send the transcript. If you okay. didn't get the email, say, hey, we can send you a copy of of them talking to you about the three best floor plans that will meet your needs. Oh, yeah. Give us your email. Yeah, that would be and, huge. And it, it can be almost automated too, that when it's done, they get the choice to to send that out. 23% of companies don't ask for contact information before the chat begins. So we're like chatting anonymously without a name and or an email address. And mm-hmm. the other thing that was interesting, the average handle time for a chat request was six minutes and 50 seconds, right? Yeah, so, that, that goes back to the warranty service scenario thing of, I mean, because the chat, uh, the handle time for a chat request, I'm taking as the entire amount of time they were chatting, correct? Yeah, that's right. So... That doesn't mean that six minutes and 50 seconds worth of meaningful information was communicated. That, oh, that's, no. the, that's, that's like, okay, there was a 30 second pause while Juan went off and said, let me check something and came back in two minutes with an answer that you could have looked up on the FAQ yourself. I know, you know, the best, every time anybody who I'm chatting with on customer service goes, I'm going to have to check on that. I'm like, you're chatting with four people right now. Right. You're just going to chat with somebody. Mm-hmm. Else. Come on. You know, it's interesting to look at that data and come back and go, okay, if this is about providing one, an easy opportunity for a customer to engage with a company, you've got to pay attention to that. Then the flip side of that is when they engage, what is the experience like? And then on and the final thing, and you know, we'll talk about this here in, in, in the 360 topic, but what does that mean for the person handling that interaction on the other end? There's all those things that you've got to take into consideration and it's just, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of things that can go right, but there's also a lot of things that can go wrong in chat. And they're kind of highlighting some of those things they saw in the in the survey. I just go back to what you said at the beginning, which is that separating customer service slash warranty from a sales interaction is paramount here. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, would I wait for two minutes and 40 seconds for warranty? Probably more so, well, for sure more so than if I have a question about a product I'm thinking about purchasing. Right. Then, then I'm definitely That's moving on. 
Yeah. But if you're stuck, and then I also think about my time doing Bell South dial up internet tech support, <laughs> and where, you know, we literally just had a manual on our desk that eventually you didn't have to look at. But when you started, you would just say, customer says, this is the problem. You'd flip to page three. You'd read the script and say, please do this. And then they would do that. Please do this. Please do this. Please do this. I was functioning like a human chatbot at that time. <laughs> That's, that was what my job was. And that was necessary back in 2002. It's not necessary anymore. But I think marketers just get so... Wait, we're going to... We're, you know what? We're going to... We're going to... This was let's just a pause, cleanser. Pause, segue. The, let's put it the pause. The segue. I've got to go get caffeinated. We'll be <laughs> right back with this week's 360 topic all about the chat. And we're back with my two compadres from Do You Convert, Jen Barkin and Mike Lyon. And we brought them in because one, you guys have been demanding it. And so we listen to you whenever you <laughs> make demands. And secondly, because it's so easy to tell jokes about salespeople and maybe even online salespeople, though not as much. Hey, it, hey, it's hey, just, it's hey. like easy, it's easy hey, target, right? Hey, hey. But I'm here to tell you before Jen beats me up that it's also <laughs> very easy to make a joke. We just don't do it because we are marketers. But what I mean is this. I've never owned a cat, but I've watched lots of shows or TVs where there are cats who do cat things. And one of those things is where they just like bat their paw at an object and slowly watch it fall off a shelf or a desk. And you're like, what is that about? There's this intentionality of this, this feline who's done this a couple hundred times of this is probably going to break or something interesting is going to happen, but it's probably not good. It's interesting, but it's not good. And I'm just going to keep hitting it and then watch it fall. And sometimes I think marketers are like that. And chat is one of those topics where you're like, hey, you, you better do this right. You better think through the full ramifications. You better have the right staffing, all the things that we're going to talk through back and forth, I imagine. And yet there's a lot of marketers who like the cat. They're just like, put, push off the shelf. Like, nope, I'm just going to shove it out there to the world and let's just watch the chaos begin. <laughs> and, yeah. So we got to have that, that balance of looking at this from both sides to keep that cat part of the marketer's brain from just saying, no, the customer is demanding this. We're going to make this happen this afternoon. I just turned it on at two o'clock. I forgot <laughs> to tell you, is that a problem? We've right. got to stop that kind of behavior. Well, yes, so please, please. <laughs> the thing that's really cool about chat and, and the tools that we have now is one, it's affordable. And two, with a couple lines of code, you can have it on your website in 10 seconds. And then you run in and say, look, guys, we've got chat. You know, all those conferences that you went to that talk about chat. <laughs> we've got chat now. This is awesome. Yeah. And the online salespeople come running in and saying, why am I dealing with all these customers who can't get a hold of the warranty department? What, mm -hmm. what yeah. have you done? Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We're getting chats. So one is talking through how you implement it in best practices, but really looking at everything as it relates to your website. And marketers are talking with online sales and online sales are talking with their marketing team. And we're all one big happy family, right? Well, let's dig a little bit more into this is not the chat, like your father's chat or your mother's <laughs> chat. It's not the chat from five to 10 years ago, because most people who are listening are chomping at the bit like, yes, I've already, I've already done this, or it's just not quite working, or I can't wait to start it. I hope they tell me I, I, have, I now have permission. I have the hall pass to do it. 
But I've talked to a couple people in the past week or two who are like, yeah, you know, we tried chat 10 years ago, just didn't work out. Right. So what has changed technologically speaking before we talk in t- about kind of the things that marketers and, and online salespeople need to think through? No, that's a that's a really good question because I agree. And I did the same thing too. I was so excited when chat first came out and I'm going to be Mr. You know, forward thinker. You know, This is the best tool ever. This is going to change our world. And we implemented it and what we saw. And I sat there and I watched this. This is when you could monitor everybody on your website. You can see them come on. You can see them go off. You could do proactive chats to people who've been on your site for a certain amount of time. I sat there and obsessed over this. But then when I looked at the actual data 45 days later, we had no increase of leads. It actually had changed where, you know, some of the people who were chatting were going that direction instead of through the form. And it hadn't really changed our business that much. And so for the, all that time that you were trying to pay attention and sniff out people on your website and do proactive chats, it didn't really help. The other pain point was there was no way to scrub out or redirect chats yeah. to yeah. what most people were used to using chat for, which is customer service. Mm-hmm. They want to just get on, get their problems taken care of, get their questions answered and leave as quickly as possible. And so we were having to handle all that stuff all while trying to wade through and figure out which person was actually interested in learning more about a home. Now that was, you know, that's circa 2005 and, and a while back. Chats changed and that's a it's good also thing. also no longer like some random person from Florida right. answering the chat when you're not there. That's like right. This idea of having strangers talk to your customers via chat. I think that's pretty much dead. Right. Thankfully. Well, yeah, hopefully. Thank we goodness. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Do you convert does not believe in hosted chat or <laughs> having people out there manage those conversations, just like we wouldn't really want to managing your phone calls or managing the leads. So yeah, we, People as intimate with the product and, and the company, that's who should be managing chat. So chat today is kind of like the phone systems today. You know, it used to be the phone, you would just call in and they, it'd be a catch-all for everything. And they were dealing with every type of customer under the sun. And now you have call flows or phone trees set up to where they can mm-hmm. choose to go to warranty. They can choose to talk to the corporate office. They can choose to reach out because their customers are already in, in the process, or they can choose to learn more about our new homes and communities. The chat tools today have that option as well. So whether it's called a routine, a playbook, a chat bot, it's kind of managing and pre-screening and helping redirect to the right resource. And for the people who are interested in learning more about a home, it can redirect them right to the online sales specialist or the person who'll be managing the lead. That's really a necessity right now. You know, it's it's no longer like, should I have a filter in place for my phone call? Should I have a filter in place for my chat? It's a necessity with the amount of leads and all the different sources coming into our online sales specialist. That's a quick way to burn somebody out without those filters in place. And we're, it's so easy on this topic to keep like leapfrogging to specific good nuggets of insight like that. But let's back up for a second and look holistically and Jen, like from the online salesperson's perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, the one who's who's like, awesome, I'm just going to get like an extra 50 free leads who are highly qualified and ready to, to turn into appointments at at least a 40% ratio. <laughs> what do they need to think about <laughs> before they they turn chat on? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one thing they need to think about, do they have the bandwidth to manage chat properly? It's called live chat 
for a reason. And so, you know, not responding to, you know, having them sit there for longer than, you know, a minute, two minute, three minute, five minutes, sit, you know, sitting there, that is not the purpose of this chat. And so if you can't adequately have the bandwidth to do that, then you need to be able to turn it off or not have it at all. I think, you know, one thing I see that happens sometimes is uh, leaping into this too quickly, like you were saying, and not having, not being really good already at the fundamentals of being an online sales specialist. Well, that's a good Mm -hmm. point. You know, like I'm, I'm still learning how to be an online sales specialist. I'm still figuring out how to manage the current leads I have. And then, oh, we're going to throw chat into the mix as well. That will cause, you know, somebody to just lose their mind um, because they're still trying to figure it out. And now they've got chat on top of it. So I think bandwidth is the first thing that you need to consider and our processes and fundamentals in place first. Yeah, I think, and that's that's why I go back to my example. Of the marketer is usually the marketer is the one who's saying, "I want an extra fifty leads to make the lead count look better, to make more sales happen, less mm-hmm. pressure for me. Let's turn it on," and not really thinking about the bandwidth that's right. that's necessary because they're already getting. I mean, especially mm-hmm. now in the market. I mean, we were talking to someone yesterday who had two and a half or two online salespeople, and they had taken eight hundred and fifty inbound calls last month. It's like, yeah, um, crazy. Those poor people should not be in chat right now. Right. And all it's going to do is just irritate customers, right? So if we're we're all keeping the customer experience at the forefront, more leads poorly managed is not the answer. And we're just going to kind of irritate the customer on the front end if we're not able to live chat with them quickly. But can't you, Jen, just turn on a chat bot? Like everyone, like I think Facebook now has a tool where anyone can go in and for their own business, make a chat bot in 10 minutes. So... I mean, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's not the same thing. I think At that, <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, we talk about marrying, you know, technology with the personal experience. I think that there's a way to incorporate technology in a positive way with the filters and things like that. But Definitely not somebody chatting in the place of a trained professional online sales person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's also easy for online salespeople and salespeople in general to very quickly start to curb qualify people in the online salesperson's case by source. And so sometimes you'll see people not giving the same customer service or or that no lead left behind mentality to someone on a chat because like if they're really interested, they would have called. And I haven't had good history in the past with chats. And and so you could have this this opportunity happen where it's a really great prospect who chose that. If you don't have the bandwidth, you're already stressed out, you're already trying to do all these other things. You can give poor or quality service via chat, oh. potentially, un, un, unintentionally, oh. I guess I should oh, say. Oh, sure. You know, one thing we've seen too with teams is everybody will have the same information. Everybody will have the same tools, but one person's really, really good at chat. Mm-hmm. Higher conversions, higher engagement, more leads going into the system. So that's definitely true. You know, people yeah. can they look know at home and, row and they can type faster. <laughs> That's right. Home row. <laughs> I do not know home row. Oh, no. Home row. Home row. It's a typing tutor. <laughs> Circa man, you're really dating yourself, Kevin. Going back to Bell South dial up and home row. 1981, baby. <laughs> Represent. So 
Anything else different or how do we train someone? Is there training that's necessary for chat? Is it different than a phone call? How is it different? Yeah. I mean, I think we can definitely talk about quick tips, even potentially at the end. Okay. But it's hard to train someone to talk, right? I mean, you usually try and hire someone who is naturally gifted at engaging with customers. Now, how do you train someone to chat whenever the stakes are different? That's like teaching someone how to e- what's the email etiquette, what's chat etiquette, what's texting etiquette, what's phone etiquette. So there's definitely mm-hmm. etiquette in each one mm-hmm. of those things, but there are some tips that you can use to make sure you maximize every chat. Right. Well, let's that's definitely what, save that at the end. So yeah, that that's that's to... what people that's what people are missing out on. They're just like, oh, this is easy. It's just kind of going back and forth and great. Okay, I chatted, so we're good, right? I'm done. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So those are things that the online salesperson needs to consider. What about the marketers? You know. Oh man. First of all, I think. Why do you laugh? Because I think marketers, (laughs) if they're going to put chat on the website, they should be the people who chat for the first week. Oh, Mm. I like it. Mm -hmm. Like, because I mean, I'm telling you, I love, I love it when we're pushing new things. But here's what we we've seen happen so many times. Oh, guys, we put chat on our website, and it's just our leads are going crazy. It's like the number one call to action everywhere, all of your website, of course, and it chat- pops up and it animates and yeah. it does twirls in the corner, right? Yeah. yeah. Your chat's working because your calls to action sucked in the first place. So, <laughs> you know, that's oh. one thing. The second thing is, is they just look at volume or they look at the ease of being able to put something on there and look at how many leads are coming in, but they are not looking at the quantitative and qualitative data together. Mm-hmm. So they're going, okay, we got 50 chats. And you're like, no, 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 you got four. You got four good chats. No, analytics says that 50 chats happened. Yeah. Analytics says we got 584 (laughs) phone calls in call rail, but we know that's, those aren't leads either. And so Mm -hmm. that's what marketers need to think of first before they just roll out and say, great, we got, you know, drift, we turned it on and we're set next. I can move on. Right. So that's something for marketers to consider. The other thing is how chats actually go. Jen, why don't you kind of like share (laughs) <laughs> how long a chat can last oh. when an online salesperson is managing and what's what's required. Gosh, I seems like I remember somebody saying that they had a chat that lasted for like 10 hours or something crazy. What? <laughs> yes. Like it, crazy. Was, it was crazy. Like it was going on and on. Did and they get on. married at the end of it? Was it like I one feel like date I feel like it was I feel like it ended in in somebody asking somebody on a date. I really do feel like that. And the online salesperson was like, okay, <laughs> this is now creepy. Like I got <laughs> We got to, we got to go, but it ended with, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, you know, that's the thing with chat is that it can go on and on and on. And, you know, as online salespeople, we've got to have, and we're, I know we're going to talk about this in the end, but we've got to have some ways to kind of quickly try to move that from a chat conversation to maybe a phone conversation, but you know, it can go, it can go on and on and on. And if you are trying to also manage incoming phone calls, incoming contact forms, this can be really stressful. It can be very stressful. Right. And, you, can't, you can't just tell the customer, I'm sorry, I got to be done. Right. And take this phone call that just came in or finish my follow-up activities. Right. Because there could be two minutes in between responses with the customer. We see it all the time. Right. You're just like waiting with bated breath for them to respond back. 
Well, and as the chat tools like Drift and Intercom have gotten smarter and smarter, they never really end. Like I right. just went back on one of our builder partner sites that I was just messing around with on a coaching call. And the when I click on the chat icon, it still has the full history of everything else we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And so that chat could literally start back up again three days later. Right. Right. Potentially with a different online salesperson managing it who That's doesn't exactly have right. the history. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing I think marketers need to consider, you know, putting themselves in the shoes of the online sales team specifically as we're talking about this is there's a finite amount of engagement energy. I mean, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a term, but we're going to give it a term right here on the podcast. Yeah. Like there's only so much energy that an online sales specialist has to use up in the day. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is it potentially being wasted on chat if we've got more than enough other opportunities to engage with customers? So again, mm-hmm. it's not saying chat's bad or it's not, but if we're only getting two or three chats out of 10 or two or three leads out of 10 conversations and those 10 conversations took a collective 48 minutes, is that where we want the engagement energy going for an online sales yeah. specialist. And the answer might be yes in July and August and sure. no in February right. and March. Right. That's what I was going to say is that, you know, marketers, when you're thinking about adding chat, it's like, do we need it? What are our leads at? Does it do our goals align with how many leads we currently have? You know, is the timing right to introduce this right now? I mean, those are all things that need to be thought about. Right. And, and ultimately, yep. it comes down to lead management, we believe you should get as many conversations going in as many places as possible, as long as you can handle it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we're not, again, it's not no, it's just, yeah. Are we answering the phones? Yeah. Right. Because if you're not answering the phones, you shouldn't put (laughs) chat on your website. (laughs) Right. It's kind of, I'm the king, I'm the self-proclaimed king of of strange analogies, but it's like if my 13-year-old daughter asks if she can date someone, (laughs) the answer is going to sound an awful lot to her like no. When in reality, I'm just saying, yes, if you meet these 10 conditions. And then she rolls her, dad, you know, and to her, it's no. We're not saying no at all. I mean, we should have said at the very beginning, we we love it. It's just too few companies want to invest in it the right way from a personnel standpoint, from a process standpoint, Mm -hmm. from a truly tracking their numbers. It's just, it's the new great thing to do. And let me ask a couple quick questions because you've spent a lot of time both of you working with online salespeople who are using these tools, but also just researching them in general, is a chat tool something that someone should be prepared to spend hundreds of dollars per community per month for? Oh, what, what, uh, what kind of pricing uh, models are we looking at out there? First of all, no, definitely not. <laughs> do you want to think about that some more? No, I do not want to think about <laughs> okay. that anymore. Make sure, you know, cause we, what was the one the other day? Oh, podium. I mean, podium's great for other things, yeah. but not, to use it and say, well, we've got our chat tool and, and Podium was, th- I mean, what was it? A couple of- I literally, I just heard a Podium ad on public radio. Oh, there now, you go. If, if the service is advertising itself as a chat and review tool on public radio, yeah, it's not something the digital marketer in 2020 selling, you know, working with new home builders needs to be using. No, and just, that was, that was a bizarro experience. I know. So the great, the great thing about chat is, and again, this is why marketers get so excited because they get to go get their, their chat badge. When they implement, it starts. <laughs> it starts at twenty bucks, and it goes up to maybe a hundred bucks a seat with all the bells and whistles. But that's the max you should spend twenty to a hundred dollars a month using tools like Intercom, Drift, Olark, Live Person, 
And you can do other ones out there, but those are those are proven ones. We really like Intercom and Drift just because of how they're doing their, you know, some of their playbooks and routines. But yeah, no, it's it's very affordable to to get set up and that's a great thing. So Yeah. Now we talked about filtering stuff out to yeah. warranty, to sales, just yeah. like we would in a call reel call flow. Right. But there's also some ways that you can do that without having to explicitly ask the question just by choosing the types of pages you choose to to put the little chat bubble on. Oh, that's huge. Again. I, yeah. I jo- I, I'm joking a little bit, but it's like, okay, we put the code on our footer every of our, page. Of every page <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're getting chat. Like, should you have chat on your homepage? No, don't, you don't need to have on your warranty page. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. Right. So what we've seen work the best, even with routines and playbooks in place to help you kind of screen through is just putting it on community level pages, floor plan level play- pages, and potentially search level pages. That's really it. Because mm-hmm. that's where you want to get the information. The rest of the folks reaching out for other things that are non-sales uh, related can go other directions, right? So exactly. that's, the, that's kind of the, I want to piggyback on that by just saying, if you're going to have chat, you've got to be prepared for people chatting about other things besides homes. If you don't have anybody to manage uh, the chat for that or hand off the chat to somebody else, You've got to come up with a different structure of, hey, go to this page, fill out this form or call this number. Because if not, an online sales specialist, even though they say they don't want to do it, they get stuck in this handling irate customers because Mm -hmm. they don't want to let them down and they don't want to provide a bad experience. They just do it. Whether you say don't, you know, stop doing that and hand it off. They go, I can't. I can help this person. Right. They want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't, again, saying you should or shouldn't do chat or that people are doing it or not doing it well. But Jen, if you had to put a percentage on it of, of all of the online salespeople that you work across the country, with all different size builders, all different price points, all different customer experience focuses, mm-hmm. what percentage of online salespeople would you, that you work with would you say are excited or glad that they have... Like, I'm so glad I have chat as part of my bag of tricks. That's an interesting question. Oh, that's, man, Kevin, that's a tough question. You're really... I know it's tough because it's on all sides. It's like, did they implement it well? Like, they would like it if if they did it right. (laughs) But just generally, it's kind of the state of the industry when it comes to online salespeople and their relationship with chat. Yeah, I would really say about, it's about 50-50. I would say that some people like it when they turn it on, which Mm. is something that we didn't really talk about. But you know, oh, I have some time, I'll turn on chat. And, you know, they're not leaving it on all the time. They're just doing it part of the time. So that's... (laughs) You just just reminded me of a call with someone last week. And they're like, like, do you have chat turned on? Because I haven't... Oh, yeah, we have chat. Awesome. We log in. I'm like, I'm just just curious to see the volume of what's going on here from a lead perspective. And there were five chats in the last 45 days. And she's like, see, see, we have chat. And I'm like, "I, I don't think you do. (laughs) Right. <laughs> if you don't turn it on, right. you don't have it. But to answer your question, Kevin, and in, in all honesty, and you know, I love my online salespeople, I really can say no one has ever said to me that they are really excited about chat and that they are, you know, like this is the best yeah. thing ever. Yeah. And I'm like getting so many appointments from this. And I don't think that's the takeaway that I'm hoping to get to. What I'm no. hoping to get to is that if you ask leadership and or marketing how they feel about the chat that their company is doing, what what's the relationship that they would not be 50-50 or anywhere. It'd be like, oh, 90% would say, yeah, we have it. And it's awesome. Well, it's, check, it's, exactly. a, it's a chat badge. They got right. their chat merit badge. 
but that and, disconnect is yeah. why this topic is worth us talking about. Yeah, is absolutely. The disconnect from the front line to just like, you know, hey, do you have an online salesperson? Yeah, we have someone whose title is online salesperson. Awesome. Do they answer the phone? We don't know. Do you yeah. have a CRM? <laughs> We've got Excel. You know, right. it's right. <laughs> you can't just put it on the site and, and you're done. It's, it's right. not a badge. To answer that question, too, from my end, I've heard of two people out there in the industry who like swear by it, but also they're like the sole dedicated people of the team that do chat. They're like, Oh yeah, give the chats to them. And like, they're in right. California, Toronto and Vancouver. So they're <laughs> like, they're like, that's their, they manage the chat basically. That's, like, their, that's, their, that's their thing. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. that, that's where we've seen it where everyone's like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I couldn't imagine my life without it. It's like, well, you wouldn't have a job without it because that's all you do. You're the chat person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and so, yeah, it's it's really just kind of layering it into the mix and just making sure that they're trained properly yep. and they they're yep. following the right the right protocol. And we'll we'll talk about this on a future episode just so we don't run out of time and and we can cover all the quick tips for chat that Mike and Jen have lined up for everybody. But when you said engagement energy the first time, I actually thought you were coming at it from the consumer's perspective because I think the same thing exists for them. Of there's only so many times I'm going to reach out and only by so many methods. And so if someone is marginally interested, but they have a question and they try to do a chat, what percentage of those people then just close down and say, forget it. I'm yeah, not that's really a good that point. interested anyway. Yeah. I think that energy idea comes from from both ends. And one of the things that I've spent a lot of time looking at with folks is, like you said, the total number of leads, if they're not changing and we're just pushing people who would have called or would have texted directly, which texting is the, the next topic we're going to talk about, probably when Mike and right. Jen come back, then they're going to a chat where, again, we don't have any contact information guaranteed unless you're requiring that at the beginning. That's but, a really good point. I don't miss that because a customer, is they're getting there, they're getting there, they're getting there. Okay, I'm there. I'm going to do something. I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. I did something that was terrible. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm done now. And so... Whether that's calling in and having to leave a voicemail, whether that's starting to chat and getting a bot and then getting someone who doesn't answer or submitting a lead and not getting a response, you've missed the opportunity. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a limited amount of times you're going to get the opportunity to work with the customer and 238% increase of conversions going to the first business that responds, meaning you've got to make sure that if they're filling anything out or reaching out in any way, you've got to be the very first to engage with them. I think Absolutely. that's Yep. Yeah. We're going to do a quick one minute segment that I like to call marriage real life. Okay. okay. So sometimes Uh-oh. when people love each other very much, they still don't want to buy the same thing or the same product or the same service. True. They have a disagreement. There's friction there. There's not like, yes, we should, we should definitely buy that new car that we don't need because our current car still has four wheels and gets us where we need to go. But what I've started doing in my real life is I'll make that first call because then I know most of the time nothing's going to happen. And so then when Melanie comes back and she's like, hey, are we still going to go look at cars? You know, I I called him. I said, we'd like to come out. (laughs) Haven't heard back yet. Oh, that's, you know, too bad. So that's, that's the marriage real life segment. Okay. Thank you. That's good. I'm so excited. We included that in the podcast. If you you ever want to not buy something, offer to be the person to reach out and just wait for the company to get back in touch. Most most of the time you will not have to make that purchase. Oh, Oh, all right. Let's get to 
some quick tips. So we've talked about what each side needs to consider. Now let's just talk about kind of brass tacks as we implement this stuff. Yeah. What are some uh, okay. mines in the ground that we can avoid? Jen, let's do this. Let's go quick because we've got limited time, right? We're running out of podcast yeah. time. We'll go back and forth. You start, okay. well, you go first and I'll go, I'll go from there. Okay, guys, it's live chat. So be responsive. If it's on, you're on and you got to be quick and fast. I think that's great. The next one is be yourself. I mean, that's that we see that a lot. People get kind of robotic, but be friendly, be personal, be human, be real, be real fun. Can you use, use emojis? Use emojis. You can use, use emojis. emojis in chat. All right, Jen, you How go. about an emojis? Yeah, remember my remember my story. You're in good hands, right? Yeah. Fluff it up. Mm. Use routines or playbooks. So remember those filters. You know, oh, yeah. make sure you set those up so that you are filtering out the warranty requests, the vendor requests, the hey, oh. can I work here? Yeah. I gotta do a Zach Morris timeout here because I've I've got someone pulled up and in their routine, let me I'm just this is real life feedback here. Okay. It says, Hey there, do you have any questions about building a home? And one of the four options in the routine is no, I'm just browsing. Oh geez. We gave them their <laughs> objection. If you didn't have the objection already, we're gonna go ahead and give that as an option. That's good. Yeah, don't 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 do that, folks. Okay. Don't do that. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> the, ne- the next one would we would say is always try and take that chat to the next level. Don't be satisfied with just talking to them. Really move it to the next level because even though customers are using chat for convenience, a lot of times they would like to go to a live conversation, real-time conversation with people being able to talk back and forth. So always ask if you'd like to talk on the phone. Definitely. Also, guys, get their information. You know, we, f- we think that email should be required. Always be asking for the best number to follow up with them so that you can send them sp- some specific information afterwards. They need to be going into your CRM. You need to yes. be following up with them in your CRM. Uh, make sure you're, you're labeling them as a chat so you can keep track of these your conversions. You know, what's happening with these chats afterwards? I want to clarify what she said when she's talking about email should be required. I strongly feel email should be required because, um, again, we have finite amount of engagement energy from the online sales team. Mm-hmm. This is the trade-off. If you're the trade-off for the customer, you know, they'll put their email in when they can get something of value. Something of value for them is I can get it to a live person right now and get some information. This is great. I'm, hap- I'm going to give my name and my email address. We don't have to go through a big, long forum to start chatting. But I yeah. definitely think you should get an email that should be required. And, and really, you can, again, like J- Kevin said, when it's super busy and we got more leads than we can work, you turn that requirement on. If you want to try it and turn it off and see if you can get it through a conversation, yeah. then turn it off. But we think it should be required. Hey, the tool that we're using, by the way, to record this podcast has, uh, it looks like Intercom yes. as their chat solution in uh-huh. the corner. Yeah. And I clicked on it and it says, hey there. Everything's running smoothly. Have a great recording. If you want to start a conversation with us, the team below, and it shows their three lovely faces. That's right. Typically replies in under two hours. Yes. <laughs> well, and see, listen, so this is the big difference. Let's talk about intercom. What I like about intercom is if you're going to use it as a messaging tool, like start a conversation, this isn't live chat. This is filling out a quick form and getting your question answered. It does that based on how you engage with it. Or if it's live chat, you just start chatting right away. Yeah. But that's what I like is like, if it's off, I mean, that kind of leads us to the last tip, turn it on, then turn it off. Mm-hmm. Use it 
when it's time to use it, but don't leave it on unattended. You don't want to have an unattended customer service channel that nobody's home. Especially if you're using something like Podium or right. it is not connected to your CRM. That right. yeah. don't, don't want to get Kevin frustrated on a call. Be like, oh yeah, we've got a ton of leads from from chat and we find out that again, it's because you left it on. Right. And so all you can do is get get that form filled out on chat, but it's not connected to anything. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, here, and here's the here's the reality. At the end of the day, if you take time and set this up, the systems and the processes the right way, chat can work really well for you. Most Absolutely. people just plug it in, turn it on and get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And they go, we're done. Okay, this yeah. is all. Oh, so I'm just turning it off. This is annoying. And so make, if you're using chat as a tool, make sure you understand the tool, know how to work the tool, know how to integrate the tool. And you're following these quick tips. So that's our big recommendation from us. Chat is fun if you do it right. Yeah, I'm so glad you had us on to talk about this, Kevin, because it's about communication too between online sales and marketing. I mean, just talking about this ahead of time, making sure that everybody's on the same page. That's with any lead in general, you know, in general, like any new thing that you're doing, whoever's going to be managing it on the front end, you know, there needs to be a conversation. Yeah, it took a few good years, but I think we finally got marketers to stop sending out emails before online salespeople (laughs) can know what it's about. That's I right. think, That's hopefully. Right. Getting you know, sending, them out, sending them out on their day off. That's yeah. a good one too. <laughs> and so we got to be well-rounded in that and not let our excitement as marketers uh, get us. We, we got to think through and be strategic at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And Absolutely. one thing I'll, I'll end this with is saying the online sales role doesn't exist without marketers. I mean, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't happen until the marketing team is feeding feeding the leads. And usually it's the marketing yeah. team that's saying we need someone to manage these leads better. So I know we joke around and kid back and forth, but it, online yeah. sales and marketing are the tightest tightest group in the company. I mean, they- Absolutely, yeah. The cap- and, is the Captain and, and Neil. Kevin, you know, Captain and Captain Neil. Captain and Neil. Yeah, <laughs> now we're going back to the 70s. <laughs> I'm sure. not, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my time. Uh, Even internally- uh, my perspective of this is that we talk a lot as marketers as online sales is the ultimate attribution tool. Mm-hmm. Because if it goes through that process, you know how they got there. You might not know exactly every you know blog post they read or or individual ad they clicked on, but it's the ultimate attribution tool for the effectiveness of your marketing. Because when it comes to on-site sales, there's too many different human beings involved in too many different faraway places. And so online sales is really the marketer's best friend because it is that attribution tool right. of effectiveness yeah. that we need, like that we that. can measure. All right, All enough right. of this lovey-dovey stuff. <laughs> time time well, to get is. in here yeah. and get back to work. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the answers to last week's question of the week and a new question related to today's 360 topic. All right, let's round out the show with answers to last week's question of the week, which was, what's your favorite piece of content that tells a brand story from outside of the building industry? And remember, in this case, we are giving away 10 copies of the Content Fuel Framework. 
How to Generate Unlimited Story Ideas for Marketers and Creators by Melanie Diesel. She was our guest. She was our guest on a previous episode. And here we go, diving into the comments. Thais, our own uh, Thais, with the first one from Volvo. And she correctly predicted that most of these would be videos. In fact, as I'm scrolling through here, I think all of them <laughs> are videos, maybe because she set the trend, but uh, Thais, your prediction was correct. And we'll have a link in the show notes so you can go watch all these because there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, Jennifer Walsh and Angela McKay. Google's year of search trends was one. Meredith Oliver, the Southwest Airlines behind every seat is a story, which you see some commonalities here in some of these, which was the one from Chick-fil-A that Andrew, our very own ad doctor, posted, which was every life has a story. So every seat has a story. Every life has a story. <laughs> Heidi Schroeder, Yeti, has some amazing video content. I completely agree with that. They do a really good job. Jane Luckett, Chick-fil-A as well. The Little Things Adoption Story. Carrie Davis, Saris.com, which is a biking company. Oh, I'm going to have to come back and like, spend some more time on that one. I, I love bikes, Carrie. Linnea Chapman, Hood Sweet, Game of Social Thrones. Yeah, that one was awesome. Uh, Bobby Carroll, uh, who just joined the Facebook group a little while ago. Humor is a terrific hook. Check out this story. Improve your own private life. And this is a, a piece from Ikea. Uh, great, great spoof on some of the stuff you see online today. Uh, Ryan Snar, get your tissues. This is the best. Yeah, holiday, share your gifts, uh, Apple campaign. Uh, Apple always does a fantastic job with content. So that'll round out the answers to last week's questions of the week. We will get all of your contact information and get those books shipped out, uh, 10 copies of the Content Fuel Framework from our previous guest, Melon Diesel. And that's like brand spanking new. Enjoy it. All right. And for this week's question of the week, what percentage of your chats are useful or a true, in air quotes, lead? So this is for both marketers and online salespeople to answer. What percentage of the chats that you see happening on your site are useful, moving truly moving the sales uh, process forward? Or if you're not quite sure about that, that level of gray, just how many of them end up being a true lead? And uh, we'll come up with a good, fun prize for the answers to that one. That'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Apologize as my voice has trailed off. I officially have the flu. Uh, make sure to wash your hands and just just go with a fist bump this time of year. It's, it's always a good idea. <laughs> we'll see you next time.